Today on No City on the Sideline Dad Podcast, episode 105. Are we all too old to live our dreams? Do we want to give up on the dreams? Do we have dreams? Do we forget about our dreams? <laughs> I think I may have forgotten about mine, but no, we do have dreams. And we all have dreams we want to do. We answer those questions next with my guest, Robert Miller from Project Grand Slam, next on the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley. I really want to thank you for being here. Thank you for taking time to listen to the podcast. I really do appreciate you. And this is your first time. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. I really do appreciate you. I really do. Hey, I got a, a quick favor to ask. If you enjoy... If you enjoy this episode, or I think you will, or and if you think all these other podcasts and content is good, please share with a friend. Please share with somebody who might find this interesting. More we get the word out, more people listen to podcasts, and more people enjoy it. And you maybe put a smile on a, friend, on a friend's face, or you might you might share something that might, might be really interesting. Never know. Next up, my guest, Rob Miller, the creative force behind Project Grand Slam. When Robert turned 60, he decided to live his dream of being a musician. He, he always thought about playing in a band. His dream was to play in a band one day, you know, a rock and roll band. You know, we all have those dreams, and sometimes life gets in the way. Robert shares a lot about figuring out what's important in living your dream and never giving up. He shares some good information, some good tips, and has a really cool acronym in there, too. I love, I love acronyms. He shares a lot of good information. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Robert. Thank you, Joe. Pleased to be here. I'm kind of curious because you've had many career changes before you live in your dream. What were kind of the careers you lived, were doing before you live in your dream? I started out doing all kinds of part-time gigs when I was in college, and I was also playing music at the time. When I graduated college, I was a, a broadcasting and film major. Oh, wow. And all, all I wanted to do was to be in TV. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time, I got a job in uh, WGBH, which is the public television station in Boston. Um, but the only way you could get into the station is if you got in through the mailroom. So that's what I did. I got in through the mailroom with the expectation that, you know, I'd spend a month or two in the mailroom and then I'd get up into the rest of the station and I'd do all kinds of production stuff. And that's what I wanted to do. Um, but the country was going through a, a, a terrible inflation period at that time. And all of a sudden, all the jobs froze. So I got stuck in the mailroom. And, you know, one month turned into two months. I, I, I stayed in the mailroom for like a year. Oh, wow. Okay? And uh, at the same time, I was playing music because music was always my my passion and between the two jobs, if I made a hundred bucks a week, it was a lot of money. So <laughs> it, it was not exactly a career move on, on my part. And then a friend of mine said to me, um, I was playing with a guy, the leader of the band I was playing in was a doctor, medical doctor oh, wow. from South, from South Africa. And he did medicine during the day and he played music at night. So my friend said to me, well, why don't you do what Stanley is doing? And I said, what, go to medical school? He said, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, that was ridiculous. Um, I fainted at the sight of blood. So, so, he, so he said, no, why don't you go to law school? 
And I said, law school? Why? He says, well, you could do law during the day and you could do jazz at night. And I thought about it for about three nanoseconds. Okay, that was my considered uh, explanation of the whole thing. I said, okay, that sounds great. So I went off and I went to law school. And unfortunately, I did well, so I got a job afterwards. And that was the, the, the worst part of my entire trip because I stopped playing music for 15 years. How did it make you feel starting playing music? Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. I, I, was, I was completely depressed about the whole thing. And I kept saying, wait a minute, this was not my goal. I wanted to you know, do Lord during the day <laughs> and jazz and music at night, and it wasn't working. And I kept saying to myself, well, how am I going to get out of this? Meanwhile, you know, I got married. I had a couple of kids. I had my job. I had a mortgage. You know, at that point, uh, how can you just, you know, change careers? And so my dreams started to fade, you know, like back to the future when the picture <laughs> of the, 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 the parents fades. Well, that's what happened with me. It was, it was fading. And uh, it took me. Yeah, it took me a long time to kind of get it back together again. You were, you were saying that you were married, you had a couple of kids, and life got, kind of got in the way. What, what, was yeah. the, what was like the moment that you're like, oh, I want to live my dream? You know, the, probably the first moment where that happened was I had a bad accident in uh, almost 20 years ago uh, this week. I got hit by a car while I was riding my bicycle, and uh, it, it was a bad accident. I flipped over the car. I'm lying on the on the pavement, and I got ambulanced over to um, a trauma center in New York City. And it turns out that I had a broken neck. It's even worse than it sounds because the only difference between me and somebody like Christopher Reeve was the the good Lord above. I mean, mm -hmm. my neck exploded, and yet nothing hit my spinal cord. But that was the first wake-up call for me. I said, wait a minute, I, I've been given a, an extra number of years or a period of time in my life, and what am I going to do with it? And so that started me on the path that ultimately led to where I got to. But it still took a number of years to get there because, again, like everybody else, life gets in the way, as you said before. It's very hard to kind of switch, you know, gears in the middle of things. But I always knew what I wanted to do. And I, I got back into music slowly but surely, but it was more like an avocation, more like a hobby, because I just didn't have the time, you know, to, to do it properly. And it was finally when I hit my 60th birthday that I said, wait a minute, what am I doing here? I said, if, if I don't do it now, you know, at this point in my life, when am I ever going to do it? So that was kind of the second kick in the rear that I needed in order to do this. Well, it's interesting too. So you live, you live in your dream as a musician in a band. Um, project Grand Slam is your a project with your band and stuff, and you're one of the creators of it. What is? I'm curious. When you're living your dreams, when you turn 60, what does your wife and your kids think about it? Uh, well, my kids were older at that point, so they didn't have any kind of real issue with it. And my wife has always been terrific about this. She's kind of seen me go from one thing to another. She was always encouraging. And I was at a point in my life where I felt, okay, now is a time that I could, you know, jump in the deep end of the pool. And like I said, I had, I had been playing music all along, but I wasn't doing it at the level that I wanted to do. So when I made the decision that I was going to jump in and, I, and this was going to be it, this was going to be me trying my dream. 
I made up a plan and I said, okay, let's see how I can go about, you know, executing on this plan. And one of the first things I did, because the music business, it's a terrible business to begin with. Okay. It's one of the worst businesses in the world because, you know, an entire generation has been taught that music is free. Everybody can go onto Spotify and they can basically get whatever they want for free. And also here I was, you know, a lot older than most people going into music uh, at that time. And, you know, I had, I had to do something. So I surrounded myself with a bunch of very young, wonderful musicians, mainly from foreign countries that had come to the United States in order to make their mark. And it gave me a, a youthfulness and a vibrancy and an excitement that I wouldn't have gotten if I hadn't done it that way. So that was one of the most important things that I did. You know, like anything else in life, it's never a, a, a direct path. It's one step forward. It's two steps back. It's three steps sideways. I'm sure, you know, with your podcast and in your life, the, the same thing happens. And that's what happened with me, too. But I, I made a decision that I was going to give this my best shot and things started to click. And he, here I am five years into it. I've got nine albums, including a billboard number one. Wow. I've got four million video views. I've got a million Spotify streams. I've got over 50,000 Facebook fans. I've been playing concerts in the U.S. and abroad. I've opened for acts like uh, Blues Traveler and Edgar Winter and Boney James. So you know what? I'm living La Vida Loca. It was the best move that I ever made. I'll never forget years and years ago, I, I happened to see a band named Jethro Tull. Do you remember oh, them? Yeah, that sounds familiar, actually. Jethro Tull was one of the great bands of the 60s, 70s. And somebody invited me to hear this band, and they were playing in a bungalow colony in what, upstate what, New York. What's a bungalow colony? A bungalow colony is like, you know, 10 little bungalows that are all together. And families go to the bungalow colony for like for the summer. And they had this, this one um, uh, room that was kind of like the rec room for the, for the bungalow colony. And sure enough, I walk in and it's Jethro Tull playing, <laughs> playing for 10 people. And I always remembered that because you know what? They put on a two-hour show oh, as wow. if they were playing in a stadium. And I said to myself, you know, that's the professional way to do it. It doesn't make a difference how many people are there. It doesn't make a difference what the situation is. You're professional. Put on your show. And so when I started Project Grand Slam, you know, we, we weren't playing for a lot of people. We were trying to build our audience. We were trying to get our music together. And, you know, we had many nights where we didn't have big full houses and the like, and we put on our show. And that's, you know, that's, you have to do that. One thing that was interesting too, we're going to talk about, I wanted to talk about the uh, dreams, living your dream and stuff like that. What do you think that the cost, what would have been the cost if you didn't live your dream? What do you think, maybe what would have happened? Well, look, I, I think everybody starts out life with a dream, okay? Mm -hmm. Particularly when you're a teenager. I mean, how many teenagers have a dream that they're going to become an accountant, okay? No. They, they, <laughs> they, have, they have big dreams. You know, they want to be an astronaut. They want to be a baseball player. They want to be a, a doctor or something like that. What happens to people? Well, as they get a little bit older, they get into their 20s, you know, they maybe are in college, maybe they're not. And they just fall into something. And all of a sudden, they're not doing what they set out to do. And I think that happens to most people, because most people just never follow their dream. Um, 
when you do, when you finally make the decision to do it, I think there's a way that people can do this and kind of figure out if it's right for them. They don't have to give everything up like I did. And the dreams can be almost anything. It can be joining a book club. It can be starting a podcast. It can be starting a business, um, uh, going into the arts, of course. Um, there's so many variables in this. So I came up with this uh, little acronym, DREAM, to kind of describe my thoughts on, on how people could approach this. And D, of course, stands for dream. You have to have a dream. Yeah, a dream, obviously. You've got to have. But everybody's got one. If you, and if you don't remember yours, then you're, you're way too old and you maybe got <laughs> Alzheimer's or something. But <laughs> everybody's got a dream. Um, R, for me, was it's got to be realistic. You know, if I had said when I was 60 years old that I wanted to play, you know, I wanted to pitch for the Mets, uh, unless I was Satchel Paige, that was <laughs> it's not going to happen. That wasn't going to happen. E, to me, is the most important one, execute. You have to have, in my opinion, a plan, an action plan. And it's all baby steps. It's not, you know, I start out in square one and I'm a success on square two. Nothing happens like that. You really have to say, okay, if I want to do something, whatever it might be, how do I do it? Do I do it full-time? Do I do it part-time? How do, what, what's my first step? And do I need help to get there? You know, it's all the little details to try and move, move yourself forward. A, to me, is adjust because every dream has to be adjusted, okay? There's, as we said before, there's no such thing as a straight line to anything. No, no. Uh, my, one of my favorite quotes, uh, if you remember Mike Tyson, the heavyweight <laughs> champion, he said, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the face. <laughs> so so you, gotta, you have to be able to adjust your plan. And then the M in dream to me is measure. How do I measure my success? Because every dream is different. Every dream is going to have a different measurement of success. It might be if you wrote a book, you know, how many books did I sell? Um, if you play music, uh, how many how many CDs did I sell? But there's so many other ways that you could measure success. And that also helps you figure out, look, am I wasting my time? Because there's no guarantee that you're going to be successful at the dream. But to me, that's not the game. The game is taking your shot. I think the last thing you want to do in life is look back at any time and say, you know, I could have done that. I should have done that, whatever that is, but I never even tried. And I think that's where people have regrets. There's a, if you remember uh, Henry David Thoreau, the <laughs> great philosopher, he had this wonderful quote, the great mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. Yes. And if you think about that, yeah, it's true. I mean, how many people are really happy with their lives? How many people are really happy and thrilled with what they do in life? Not that many, unfortunately. Then the question becomes, what do I do? Do I just kind of continue? Maybe you don't have the opportunity. You know, there are people in situations where you know, this is a fantasy to try and pursue your dream. But again, dreams come in all types and stripes and sizes. It's the idea of doing something that's your passion and giving it a shot. That, to me, is what dreaming is all about. Well, the acronym you dream, the acronym, the dream is the D, and E is the execution and taking right. action. A lot of right. people, I say, sometimes have fear of not jumping, not jumping. They know they have the talent, they have the passion, but they have the fear of not jumping, jumping into the water where it's warm. You always hear the people talk about on their deathbed 
how the, all the regrets in their lives for not doing something they really wanted to do. I mean, I, I've probably talked about this in the podcast and before in, in the sense that my first time going to, we both met at the National Publicity Summit. And my first time was an in-person National Publicity Summit going to New York. And I was invited. I was in the room with media. What, like, how do I explain this? I'm a podcaster and there's Fox News and <laughs> Rachel Ray's executives in there. Let me just say how, I'll tell you right now in the quick, in the quick story, but I was really scared. I was very scared. But I'm glad I took that opportunity to jump, jump and take that opportunity. And I, right now to this day, I do not regret that. I do not regret taking that jump in my leap forward in my podcasting. So I can understand your passion for music and stuff like that and, and taking that jump because we both not going to have that regret. I'm not going to have the regret for not trying, not making that, taking that opportunity when it was there in front of me. Exactly. Well, good for you that you did that. And again, whether it works out or not, I know that that makes a difference, but the internal feeling that you have to say, I, I did it. Okay. And it's a, it's a satisfaction and a joy that you have to experience. And we all want to experience that, okay? For me, going into music full-time has been uh, the realization of my dream, and it's given me so much satisfaction and joy. And it's not dependent upon, well, how many records did I sell? It's because I'm doing what I wanted to do. Well, one thing I want to ask you, too, because I'm kind of curious, what does it feel like to be on stage with that many people in front of you? <laughs> uh, it. <laughs> I had an aha moment that I'll describe <laughs> to you. Um, of a couple of years ago, we played at a festival in Serbia. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, which, you know, Eastern Europe. And the, the festival is called the Nisville Jazz Festival. It's set within a medieval fortress oh, wow. <laughs> in Serbia. Okay, so imagine this: you walk in like a you cr the, the you cross the the bridge over the moat, and you're inside this uh, this fortress, uh, which of course is no longer a fortress. And you walk through, and then they set up these two enormous stages side by side because they wanted to have one you know act playing at one time, setting up for the next act, so they could go back and forth. And, and so we set up in the afternoon and we're looking out and it's a big space and there's nobody there. But then we come back in the evening and there's 20,000 people oh, wow. that are there. <laughs> and, you know, here I am, you know, this is three years into my dream and I'm standing on stage playing my music with my band in front of 20,000 people that are just crazed fans for what we're doing. Oh, wow. And it, it was an amazing experience. If I never had another experience in music, that would be kind of the top for me. I bet you at the end of the show, you're like like living like your energy must have been all crazy and excited. And all, I mean, coming down from that high must have been really hard. It, it was something else. Uh, two things. As we were walking off the stage, they handed me uh, a DVD. They had filmed it and somehow copied it in real time. Oh, wow. And... By the way, that DVD, I don't know when you're airing this show, but we're going to actually broadcast this on YouTube on Sunday night. It's going to be like a premiere Sunday, uh, January 10th at 6 p.m. 
on YouTube uh, because the, the DVD came out so well. So that was number one. And number two was when we got down off the stage, there was a line of people that wanted to you know, have our autographs. And uh, that was also a kick. That's amazing. That is a great opportunity for you to be over there and, and experience that feeling. One thing I think is wrapping up, final thoughts, anything you want to leave with the audience about living your dreams, living the life of your purpose in life? I want to uh, say to people that they should take a, you know, look long and hard, deep within. Everybody kind of knows the answer to this question. Are you happy or not? Are you satisfied or not? And if the real answer is that you're not at that level that you want to be at, what do you have to lose to give it a shot for whatever it is that passion is inside of you? And again, it doesn't have to be a mammoth leap. It doesn't have to be a jump that's impossible. It could be, but it doesn't have to be. So I, you know, don't be afraid. Like you said, when you went to the summit, you know, you get nervous. Sure, I get you get nervous. There's no question about it. But that doesn't mean you're afraid to take the shot. So, and may I, I'd like to give a gift to everybody in your audience. Can okay. I do that? Yes, go ahead. Um, we were fortunate that we finished an album literally the week or two before this pandemic started. I mean, it's just crazy luck. The, the album is called East Side Sessions. Mm-hmm. And if, you're, if your audience goes to our store, which is called thepgsstore.com, and they click on East Side Sessions, and then they enter the word dream as the code when they check out, they get a free copy of the album. Well, thank okay. you very much. I appreciate that. My audience will appreciate that too. Thank you. That's uh, that's what, and I also wanted to mention one other thing. I have over this over the summer during the pandemic, um, we couldn't play live. Of course, we still can't play live. But what I was able to do was to continue writing music, and I was able to record. I started out recording on my iPhone because I didn't have a studio to record in. But we wound up finishing an album, which is kind of my first solo album. It's it's called The Summer of Love 2020. <laughs> and The Summer of Love 2020 is coming out um, officially at, on the 29th of January. And uh, um, it's, a, it's an album that's gotten some tremendous uh, reviews uh, from, you know, all the various places that you get reviews for music. So I would, I would hope that when your audience goes to the store, uh, they can, again, get a free copy of East Side Sessions and maybe take a look at some of the other stuff and pick up a copy of Summer of Love. Well, Robert, and also they, where they can connect with you, they want to reach out and um, ask questions or anything like that? Sure. I'd be happy to talk to anybody in the audience that is thinking about any of the issues that we've talked about. Just have them send me an email at robert at product, uh, projectgrandslam.com. Robert, robert at projectgrandslam.com. Robert, thank you much for being on the podcast this evening. I really do appreciate it. All the links will be in the show notes for this episode. I really want to say thank you, sir. Thank you much for your time. Thank you, Joe. I really enjoyed it. Wrapping up this episode, I want to thank Robert Miller for being a guest on the podcast. I really want to thank him. You can learn more about him over at projectgrandslam.com. You can find all links in the show notes over at nocityonthesideline.com slash 105. Hey, please reach out, comment, if you have a question, or just want to say hello. Please leave a note in the, in the show notes. I'd like to hear what your comment about what, what, you know what, 
we'll make it more fun. So just leave a comment and general thing. What is your dream? Are you living your dream? What do you want to do? I'd like to hear what your dream's about. Leave it in the comments. It'd be kind of cool. We can set a little thread and we can talk about that stuff. You can find all the content, my contact mission of nocityonthesideline.com slash contact. Hey, also, you have a second, check Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. Robert Miller just started a new podcast himself. It's about following your dreams or Robert Miller. I'll give you a little kind of summary of what the podcast is about. But this podcast is all for dreamers out there. People who, whatever reason, watch their dreams slip away. It's Robert's goal to inspire and motivate them to pursue and succeed at their dreams. He's living proof. You're never too old. It's never too late to follow your dreams. That's what the description of Robert's um, podcast, right from the um, email he sent me. It's never too late to follow your dreams. Well, until next time, give your kids a hug and tell them how much you love them. Hey, reach out to a friend or somebody you care about and give them a phone call. Ask them how they're doing. You know, this whole COVID thing and stuff, and we're sometimes we're isolated. You know, it's been a year, been a year. Starting to, we're at the end of it. So call a friend. Tell them much you care about them. Say, I miss you, man, or I miss you, or, hey, how you doing? Do you need anything? Because you know what? Those phone calls go a long way. Until next time, take care. God bless. See ya.